0: Welcome to another episode of Two Guys in a Chainsaw. I'm Todd. And I'm Craig. So this week, a movie that was Craig's idea, shot during the middle of the COVID going on, uh, and released in 2021. And it's called The Deep House. And you can watch it, I think, just streaming online. I think it premiered on Epix, then went to Paramount+. Plus and uh, maybe it's on another service or two.
1: Yeah, it's on Hulu now.
0: This is a really cool premise. It's funny you had met you had brought it up to me and I instantly was like, yeah, let's watch it because I had been reading about it myself. Uh, I saw the poster, and I thought, what? A haunted house underwater? <laughs> that is too good to be true. And, and at first I thought, oh, this is just some dumb low-budget movie that was probably shot really cheaply. And it is a low-budget movie, but it was shot quite seriously with a lot of care. And uh, actually, when you read about the behind-the-scenes stuff, that when I was watching this, too, I was also thinking, all right, how much of this is cheap? You know, did they really shoot all of this underwater? Right. Yes, they did. What an accomplishment. And as much as Craig and I both love underwater photography in general, Uh it's just like a dream come true for us. A classic haunted house movie in almost entirely underwater shot practically, <laughs> with some great uh, behind-the-scenes stories and all kinds of stuff. It's a French movie, and uh, the directors are Alexandre Bustillo and mm-hmm. Julian Mari. Yeah, I don't uh, know. I, I, I suppose that's how you say their names. <laughs> um, um, yeah, they're they're horror people. They've they've um, done uh, several collaborations before this, I think. They did a movie that's... I haven't seen it. It's called Inside. It's supposed to be pretty brutal about a woman who um somebody else is wanting her baby. Yeah. And that seems int- I feel like we're going to watch some of these other ones before you know it. And then they did a movie called Among the Living, which I know the title but I I'm not aware of it. And then apparently one that that got some good press just before this one that was released in 2020 called Kandisha. Yeah, I I have to just say right off the bat, I was really impressed with this movie. <laughs> yeah. I really enjoyed it. Uh, It is literally a classic haunted house movie underwater, even with a lot of your iconic haunted house type stuff you know, with ghosts and doors creaking open and (laughs) improbably creaking open underwater and stuff like that. But I thought they struck a pretty good balance, and I found it pretty scary, actually. I know I jumped several times and was pretty freaked out. Now, I've been scuba diving before. I'm certified scuba, although I have not dove in at least 20 years. So I am way out of practice and out of experience. But part of the joy of watching these two is You know, I was kind of seeing like, all right, would their air really last this long? What are they doing that's not that probable? You know, what are they doing? The only thing I could, there were only a couple things I could find. And one was they split up way too much. Yeah. Because that's absolutely something you never do when you scuba dive. You always dive with a buddy. He's wearing and I think this was pointed out in the trivia too he's got a dive computer that plays music and that would never happen in real life You're you, that would be too distracting uh, you would not have anything that plays music while you're underwater you're supposed to be paying 100% of attention to what's going on and your buddy yeah and the other thing is that uh, which was I think a convention for the audience part of the kind of thrill of it right is are they going to run out of air you know yeah. so they're constantly checking their dive computers and it's showing their air as a percentage which is good for us because then we can kind of tell actually that would be done in pressure Mm -hmm. for us like psi and that the simple reason if you want to get really technical about it is that the amount of air that you have to breathe really varies depending on how deep you are right because the deeper you are with the more water pressure the more compressed the air is that you breathe and so you're going to run out of your tank a lot faster because you're breathing compressed air with every breath whereas the closer you are to the surface every breath you're 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 breathing in less air from the tank because it's not so compressed so it's uh you have more air a couple fun facts there <laughs> otherwise um i thought that was a nice device to have the combination of the haunted house and then the whole deal now you're trying to get out of the haunted house but there a whole it's a whole new challenge when you're actually underwater in the haunted house right <laughs> so yeah, it was really cool. Um, so okay, that was well. So yeah, I hadn't seen this before, but I think you had seen it before. Uh, we we decided to do it for the podcast, right?
1: Yeah, I had I'd heard of it when it was being made or when it was initially released. I I don't know, but um, I was you know really interested in it too, and I watch a lot. <laughs> like you do. Like I probably watch four or five horror movies a week Um, it's funny because when I'm like scrolling through the streaming services and stuff always in my mind I'm thinking should I watch this or should I wait and, Mm. and, and suggest it for the podcast. Right. But this one, this one um, popped up unexpectedly with zero fanfare streaming. And I had wanted to see it. And so I, I put it on and I, I watched it. And even as I was watching it, I was like, damn it. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're going to have to do this for the podcast, which means I'm going to have to watch it again so I can take notes and, and really pay close attention.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But, you know, I, I don't. Mind rewatching things. I rewatch things uh, all the time. But I did. Like, not only did I think that it would be fun to talk about, but I knew that you would be interested in it just because of the underwater concept. Hell yeah. And, and like you said, it's really a very standard haunted house movie. Mm hmm. It gave me, like, I was getting major shades of, um, hellhouse LLC like just yes. just really spooky stuff like st- I don't know I means it's, it's creepy haunted house stuff um, yeah. but then you but then you add the element of it being underwater and the imagery of that obviously will will start at the beginning at at some point but when you actually get to the point where super clearly supernatural stuff is going on like spoiler alert ghosts the the <laughs> you know just ghosts underwater you know ghosts move in a very kind of fluid way anyway but to see them like floating in water and moving slowly through water it it was striking imagery Mm -hmm. and and I was surprised to find out that this filmed on a low budget because it doesn't feel like it. No. The cinematography in Parts is just stunning, yeah, there are parts where it's it 's like handy cam or they 've got an underwater drone, which is cool and and so sometimes it 's a little grainy or the water 's murky or something, but sometimes when they have really clear shots it, i mean it 's just it 's beautiful to look at. I mean, there are many points, but there 's one image in particular. Where when they approach this underwater house, which we'll explain, <laughs> but but there's there's a family mausoleum outside of it. And the the guy there there are really principally only two people in this movie. There are a few other characters early on, but once they get underwater, which happens very quickly, there are really this, just these two main characters. But the guy floats up above this mausoleum, and it's shooting him from the front, and he he's goofing around, he's mimicking the crucifixion, and floating up in front of this mausoleum being backlit by the sun from the surface underwater oh Oh, man it just looked so cool (laughs) it was
0: just striking it's not a found footage movie per se but it's shot in a found footage style because the only three cameras once we're underwater that we get the three points of view are Like you said, the GoPros on each of the two divers and then this third drone thing that they have that he can control that's down there. I was reading an interview with the directors and they said that turned out to be pretty key. Because with a lot of found footage type movies where you've got the actor holding the camera and moving it around, it can be disorienting. And then because underwater is disorienting anyway... For a lot of reasons, you know, they, they were afraid it would be a bit too much. And having that third camera there that they could get these wide shots, you mm-hmm. know, and something a little more still turned out to be key. And I think it's very effective in this movie. If it were all just straight through the, the GoPros of these two and we didn't get that wide those wide drone shots, it would not have nearly been as good as it was, I think. It would have felt cheaper, yeah. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and it it doesn't. It doesn't feel cheap at all. I I actually would have expected that it would have been rather costly to I mean I just can't imagine. I mean I, I, frankly, I'm glad to hear that you found behind-the-scenes stuff because I couldn't find very much. I found reviews, and there's there's not very much uh, on IMDb. But, you know, filming a movie, there are so many people behind the scenes. There's, you know, an enormous crew of people. And, again, I don't really know how it worked, but mm. to do most of this underwater, I don't know... <laughs> Was the director down there with them? You know, what, was there some sort of crew down there with them? I have answers. There, for there you. must have been. Well, please <laughs> enlighten you. me because I'm absolutely fascinated.
0: Yeah, so um, they managed to find. Okay, so first of all, their concept was very basic: was like, hey, underwater and haunted house. And they called up their producer that they work with, and he said that he was sold on it in like five seconds. Like, let's do this. And they ended up raising um, ultimately about five million to do it, which is still a pretty low budget for a movie like this. But they needed an, a, a DP who could do this effectively underwater. And they found the DP, I guess he's one of the better, uh, one of the best underwater DPs around, uh, Jacques Ballard, uh, who did the Beyonce video running which is all underwater. It's like people running underwater. I went and saw it. It's actually a pretty stunning video. So they found him, and then they built these sets. Um, of course, the rooms don't have roofs on them. That way they could get in and out of them quickly and also for safety. You know, nobody's going to be sure. trapped under anything. But they got the largest tank in Europe, uh, which is in Belgium, and they built all of these rooms, this, this set, and put it on this, it was kind of like on this grate so that they could, that would lower the set into the water at like a meter an hour. So that, you know, as as they built the set and everything and they started lowering it, things didn't start floating away or the uh-huh. set didn't just, you know, kind of explode on them. And then uh, they, they was, it was basically six meters underwater. So not too deep, really. But they had people who, like their crew, were all professional divers, and they could be underwater for like six, seven, eight hours a day wow. without coming up. And so, you know, they had lots of security. They said that was the biggest part of it all was the security aspect and the safety aspect. That was number one, right? It was just making sure that they had spare tanks, like emergency tanks, like hidden under beds and places people down there who if there was an issue they could come right in with spare oxygen or whatever and they were just hidden around different places in the sets and then they were always up above the water with you know all the camera footage in front of them the screens and things and then they had they could communicate you know through microphones and headsets with the divers and the actors and they said it was really different from the way they're used to shooting which is they're very hands on they could sure. get in there they're like oh let's move this here let's do that Whereas this time, they were like, they would have to communicate with a guy, hey, on the mantelpiece, we need to move, you know, those, those three vases to the left a little bit. No, 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 that's too far. All right, now, now you know, a little more to the right. Okay, got it. And just everything that they needed to be done had to be communicated through here. The actors themselves, they were communicating with, and so they had to act while they were also following instructions from them. Because remember, they're controlling the cameras as well. Mm -hmm. So they're like, all right, so you're going to go into the room. Now turn, look around. I want you to turn your camera left. Tip the axis up just a little bit to the left. There you go. Okay. Now swing back around and look over there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So those... Those actors, they I don't think they were professional divers or anything before this. They certainly weren't, um, but uh, they said that wasn't as important. Right. Yeah, and they just did it all here, in—in in this most of it there in that tank. And then I think they did some shooting in a bigger lake, like some of the more exterior ones, uh-huh. like the fish and the coral and the things like that, but the rest of it was in this tank six meters underwater. And the ghosts... That, they said that was the most challenging part, was finding people to play the ghosts, because they're not going to have scuba gear on. Right. And so they found three freedivers. They said they were super lucky to find these three people, two more elderly folks, and uh, one younger 19-year-old girl. They literally freedove. So they would go down there, they would do their scenes, and then come up for oxygen, and then come back down and do it again. And that was pretty incredible.
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> was... crazy. You know, it's funny. Like, I was so immersed in the story that I didn't even think about that. You know, like, I am like, mm. well, they're ghosts. They don't need to breathe. <laughs> 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 no, Craig, those are actually real people. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, the other thing, too, we're going to get into it, but, like, they moved through this house, Uh they're, like, walking on the floor, which is really impossible to do underwater. Right. So they had to, like, weigh them down and pull them slowly with very, very thin wires and stuff to get them to be able to effectively walk on the floor and sort of do these more classic scenes of the ghost creeping around, which end up looking really good,
1: right? It does. Yeah. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah. It's, it's fascinating. I mean, that's... <sighs> it's selling it short to call it a gimmick, but it is a gimmick. And that's Mm -hmm. what drew me to this movie. You know, in horror, I think we're constantly looking for something that hasn't been done before. And also in horror, we're inundated with reboots and remakes and tropes. And and that's fine. Like I I just, you know, a couple weeks ago, watched the new Texas Chainsaw movie. Was it, like, was there anything really particularly new or interesting about it? No. Did I still think it was a lot of fun? Yeah.
0: <laughs> like, mm, yeah. <laughs> so,
1: like, I'll I'll take it, whatever. But when I see something like this, which is something that I haven't seen before, and I have never seen an underwater haunted house movie before. Yeah. It's just fun. It's It's just fun to see... Uh, some some new stuff. I mean, and beyond that, as I've said repeatedly at this point, it is a pretty typical haunted house movie, but it's underwater, <laughs> so <laughs> it's different. Yeah, I, I think uh, this is funny. N- not to get too meta, um, but I think that part of the reason that I was drawn to this was because these people. Are vloggers? They are um, like YouTube vloggers.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Th- their names are Tina and Ben. They're a young couple. They're romantically involved. They're not married, but their shtick, and and you know, this is a very common thing. I think is they go around to like abandoned, p- presumably or supposedly haunted places, and they tour them and they they video it and they post it online. Ben is super concerned about how many views they get and how many likes and comments they get and stuff. Obviously, this is, you know, a, a small facet of each of our lives. But it's something that you and I think about, you know, we yeah. think about content, we think about what people are going to be interested in and what people want to see. And we want to reach as many people as possible. So I, I I kind of related on that level, like I get it. And and when um, they were down there and things started to get a little bit spooky. He just keeps wanting to go further because he's like, "Oh my gosh, you know, like this is this is such great content. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're going to get gonna so gonna many this. views. Yep. People are going to love this." Um, and I get it cuz I think about that stuff too. We, we we're here to entertain and and we like it when we get good feedback so i totally get the the drive to do that. I'm certainly not devoted enough to this podcast to put myself in any kind of peril. But uh, (laughs) Screw you, Craig. Are you kidding me?
0: (laughs) Step up to the plate, man. Step up to the plate. How much do you want it?
1: (laughs) Dude, I get up at 8 a.m. on Saturdays to record this. (laughs) (laughs) That is like the level of sacrifice that I am committed to.
0: (laughs) I mean, the cops show up at my door occasionally. That's, you know, (laughs) think of the danger I'm putting myself into (laughs) oh
1: man yeah so okay so we we open up with this couple and we kind of see what they're doing they're hiking in an abandoned building in a town that I I couldn't begin to pronounce Vinstia Hmm. in Ukraine which by the way I, I think I can speak for Todd when I say we stand with the people of Ukraine. Uh, yep. We hate what is going on there right now. and Absolutely. We hope that it comes um, to a resolution in the very near future and that Ukraine comes out okay. All right. So, anyway, just coincidence that it happens to be the case but um, and, and, and it's it's very typical you know I, I've seen these shows I've watched these shows where people you know tour these abandoned places and it, it's cool it's yeah, I, you know I even have friends you and I have mutual friends who are into this stuff
0: urban exploration yeah yeah
1: right the only thing you know we don't see a lot here they're they're touring in this place one thing that i guess is kind of important is that they're constantly connected via headset i think even now they're probably recording for their vlog ben goes m.i.a for a second and she's trying to contact him and calling out to him and he, he doesn't respond and eventually he jumps out and scares her which is apparently something he does yeah um so you know set up for later after that, it cuts to three months later, and we see Tina in a bath. No nudity in this movie, but she's in the bath, and she's working on holding her breath. She looks at her watch to see how long she's been under, and it's been a minute 22. But when she goes outside to meet Ben... I look awful in the morning. Well, I think you look sexy as hell. And it's, it's noon.
0: Uh, what was your time? Uh, what did you say? What was your time?
1: Uh, I don't know, maybe three minutes. That's it. What do you mean that's it? we are going scuba diving, not snorkeling. Now you're scuba certified. Is that a thing? Like, no. Do you, <laughs> I, I didn't. I, I assumed not. Like I assumed that you would just never. Want to find yourself in a position where you would have to hold your breath for an extended period of time?
0: I mean, there are two things. When you go through the scuba certification, there's a number of tests you have to kind of go through, and one of them is like a breath capacity, breath strength sort of test. I think Uh, it just had me breathe really hard into a machine and measured it and said, Mm -hmm. "Okay, you're good." But the other thing is actually you don't want to hold your breath (laughs) underwater when you're scuba diving because of this pressure thing. You hold air if you hold air in your lungs, and you go up high or Or, um, you know, if if you rise for some reason, you know, that air is going to expand Expand. Uh and hurt you. (laughs) So especially you are definitely not going to want to hold your breath while you say if, for example, if you find yourself in an emergency situation, you have to surface quickly. You're going to have two problems. You're going to have the bends where the, the, the oxygen right. in your bloodstream is going to expand and cause bubbles in there, which can also be fatal. Yes. But then the other thing is, of course, you're not going to hold any air in your lungs while you're ascending so quickly or else your lungs will just explode. So yeah, So it's not really a thing.
1: I, I, I assumed not. I mean, it's kind of a, it's kind of a setup for later, but it, ultimately it's really not even that important.
0: I mean, if you're in an emergency situation, you're right down there and you're, you've are you got equilibrium, you know, and you're not going anywhere and someone's got to get another, a hose to you so that you can breathe sure, again, sure. then yeah, of course it helps to be able to hold your breath, but uh, hopefully, God, not for three minutes. <laughs> oh, right,
1: right, right. <laughs> Unless you're splitting up like these two like to do. <laughs> oh, I know. So they take off on their expedition and then the title comes up and the title sinks down the screen, which I just thought was kind of genius. I loved it. And they end up, they are in southwest France in this small dying village. I have no idea. I mean, this was shot in the south of France. Um, I have no idea where this actual village was, but it it was haunting. It looked, you know, mostly abandoned. And they're seeking out this supposedly secret spot where supposedly I think there's like a sanatorium or something that is underwater. Um, But when they get to their secret spot, it's actually wildly populated, like it's a really (laughs) popular tourist spot. People are skiing, you know, people on the beach all over. It's like a lake, right? Yeah, it's a lake. Ben is bummed, and he's pouty about it, and she's like, you know what, oh well, let's just, you know, be tourists or whatever, but then... Ben chats up this local guy, Pierre, who immediately I was like, oh, creepy gas station guy. Shady. (laughs) Totally shady. shady. (laughs) And of course, for a small fee, he offers to take them to a remote secret spot in the lake where there is supposedly at the bottom a perfectly preserved house. Mm. And they take him up on it you know they drive far away and then they have to cover the last couple miles by foot so they trek through the woods and then when they're there preparing randomly under his breath pierre says that is not dead which can eternal lie just and they're like what And he's like oh nothing just an old family <laughs> motto okay never mind <laughs> <laughs>
0: I was just thinking aloud and has no bearing on what we're about to do. (laughs) Well, you know, I was just thinking about this. Maybe people would wonder why there would be houses and sanatoriums underwater. This is a man-made lake. Yeah. And I mean, you know, this is something that obviously makes a lot of sense, but I wasn't thinking about it. But you and I both have lived in a town that has a man-made lake. Uh Uh-huh. And... How do you make a lake? You basically just flood a deep part of <laughs> of the land, and that's what was done in our town. Uh, they just dammed something up and let the rain fill it in, or brought water and diverted some water. And I thought about this often because the place we were um, has like Indian, uh, like yeah, ancient, like you know, like Native American sites, like petro. There are petroglyphs mm-hmm. in the rocks and things, and certainly there was a home or two, or or just things that people dropped or buried that. Once that water filled it up, you know, decades ago, are still probably down there. Yeah. Under the water and under the under, under the water, you know? And so Yeah, just flood the place yeah. and leave everything there, and who cares? Yeah, I, don't, fish I don't think it it's
1: and... terribly uncommon. In fact, the the lake that you are referring to in my hometown, I've heard, now this not, may not be true, but I've heard that during the construction of the lake, they got a lot of rain unexpectedly before they were completely finished, and so some of their excavation equipment didn't make it out. Like, it's still down there. Oh. I have no idea <laughs> if it's true or not, but creepy to think about. But yeah, this happens yeah. with man-made lakes. You know, they just flood areas, and why bother to go to the mm-hmm. trouble and expense of raising things if, you know, who cares? It's just going to be under the water, whatever. But he tells them, he's like, well, just below, there's a perfect place to propose. You can't miss it. Just follow the stairs down. <laughs> and, and and they go down there, and, and they, they, they submerge, and you know, it's established that they can communicate through this sound system or whatever. And the first thing they find is a is a perfectly preserved car, like perfectly preserved. Yeah. I don't know if there's any truth to this, but I was talking to my friend and friend of the podcast, Heather, and she says that she has uh, read about this and and that it there is some truth to it. That there's something about the alkaline levels in lake water that preserve things it, it's not and, mm. and they talk about this in the movie it's not like seawater which is highly Salty. corrosive mm. and breaks things down immediately Now, it makes no sense that things are as preserved as they are once we actually get down here, but it's cool uh, to look at. And right away, they find the gate to the house. There are, like, religious icons and other weird things, like, hung on the gate. And the girl's like, oh, yeah, I forgot how superstitious people in this region are. Well... (laughs) There's reason. (laughs) (laughs) We're about to find out. Yeah, when you were talking about how they filmed it, some of it in in a lake, but the interiors were mostly um, on underwater stages, that makes a lot of sense, but they explained, like, so when they are in just the lake in general, there are fish everywhere. Mm -hmm. As soon as they cross the gate... She comments that the fish have completely disappeared now that makes perfect sense their the interiors are filmed on stages, so there wouldn't be any fish, but it serves the story, yeah, you know like like the fish are staying away from the mm-hmm. house, which is cool
0: creepy and cool they find that that little family crypt and they see the name on it uh monta montaacue Montague monta or something. Motha knock, yeah, and uh, they they actually break. He actually breaks open the door because it's just kind of bolted there or something. He wants to go in, but she says no. That's bad mm-hmm. luck. Let's not do it. Uh, and he's like, fine, fine. So they go up to the house itself. That's an important element for later, which was a bit of a surprise. And they go up to the house, and they're kind of trying to get in, and it's this beautiful... He makes a comment like, well... It's well, huge. It's huge. But then later he makes a comment like, well, let's just go inside. It's probably not going to take us long. The house isn't very big. And I, I know. Like, Are you kidding me? <laughs> what? This thing is, is a monster, like several stories tall mansion, you know? The, mm-hmm. it, just very gothic looking. It's just great like chateau type thing and it's overgrown with vines and stuff and and but you're right there are no fish and they try the door and it's completely shut it up but why
1: shutter a house that's gonna get flooded let's find out upstairs
0: but they eventually find entrance to the home through a um, sort of a big round uh, one of those cool round windows up in the yeah. attic and uh, so they go and they, they, they pull it open and they get inside the attic. And instantly it's creepy uh-huh. <laughs> and cool at the same time. And I think the thing that struck me as I was watching it was, number one, like you just had said, how well preserved everything was. And I thought, really? This is when I started wondering, did they do some green screen work on this? Because everything is just, I would I would expect there to be more things floating around, you know? Uh-huh. E- e- even after you flood it. the the lake or whatever and left the house there, I would still think that things would float away a little bit. You know, you wouldn't find tables with stuff set on it and you wouldn't find these things all upright and set out almost as though somebody just left and it's not underwater at all. Right. So there's that element to it and they're flipping through. But then they do actually make a comment about it, right? Like, wow, at one point she says, this house is flooded like before I was born and everything still seems... So well preserved and so intact. There are photographs and there's a couple scare. I think, you know, how many years have we been doing this podcast uh, and uh, this might be our very first fish jump scare uh-huh. that, we've ever, <laughs> that we've ever done. <laughs> Which was also effective. As soon as they opened that that window, the fish fl- f- swims right out and scared the crap out of me.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I loved that, too, because he was like, oh, man, jump scares get so many views. Please tell me you got that on camera. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs>
0: and there's a creepy floating doll, and there's weird animal skulls on the walls that kind of have this whole cow skull motif throughout there even the wallpaper has patterns of like the cow skulls and stuff on it in some rooms if you're paying attention anyway and there are photographs and and you know it's it's pretty standard explore the creepy old house that just seems a little off
1: it reminded me of a first person video game
0: like, yeah, the, like they
1: come in Resident through the, Evil. Yeah, like they come in through the attic, and then they have to just make their way down. Th- so you know, it's just like a video game. Like you come mm-hmm. in one room and you explore that room, and then you move into the like. It's just a sequence of rooms, and yeah. they're they're all creepy, like you said. I mean, there are skulls, like bull skulls with horns on every wall. Yeah, like like you said, creepy dolls, all kind, but they get into like one bedroom that's it appears to be a nursery but there's a doll with like weird pagan symbols on its forehead and there's a whole wall those what i think they are yeah missing people posters it's all kids kind of freaks collect those (sighs) they're like (laughs) creepy kids like (laughs) like it's creepy but it's 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 typical stuff but that doesn't make it any less effective and and i did you know and and the drone um is is picking up movement even though there's nothing else around yeah. they're hearing things like the the equipment shorts out a little bit the audio equipment shorts out a little bit the video on the drone shorts out a little bit and sometimes they'll just hear things that they shouldn't like they they hear a strange low voice like, mm-hmm. chanting creepy words. And at, at one point, they're going through, like, the uh, dining room or, or something. And there's a piano in there. And they hear a piano note strike. Like, they, there's yeah, which no wouldn't even happen
0: underwater. Yeah. But would happen in a haunted house. And yeah. And there's even... A pretty creepy bit where they're in a bedroom and uh, it has like a curtains kind of hanging around the bed. And as he swings his light around, and I saw it even before he mentioned it, you can see that there's a figure, like a a silhouette in there of a person sitting up in the bed. And I thought, okay, that's going to be like another doll or something. And then something happens with the light and, and the light flickers. And then he goes over and he opens it and there's nothing inside. So, yeah.
1: The only criticism that I have, and I only noticed this upon second viewing, and and I get it. it. It makes perfect sense. I completely understand why they did what they did. Everything is perfectly preserved, unless it's not. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true, right? Like, the
0: piano's in shambles, yes, but the photographs right. are like clear as day.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, there will be books open on a desk that the pages are perfectly preserved, but the piano is a mess. <laughs> like,
0: uh, <laughs> it's so fine. True.
1: It didn't bother me. You know, like, it, it's spooky.
0: Also, the same thing is some things are just floating. And most things aren't, right? Like like all this stuff, these plates and dishes and, and vases and stuff and recording equipment and what is just sitting on shelves everywhere. Not not floating. Nothing's happening. It's all sitting right where it is. But then they go into the dining room and like four chairs are just like floating around. Well,
1: and, and all, <laughs> like all of the candelabras are floating. Like those are metal. Like
0: what? Yeah. what? I mean, it well, looks great. So it looks very like <laughs> classic haunted house, right? Yeah, That's like right? total like Disney haunted mansion Harry when they Potter, open that door. Sure. Floating cantalabra. <laughs>
1: so they eventually but, so they make their way down to the kitchen and, and the they front argue. door
0: is important because uh, they open the front door, which they couldn't open from the other side, and they notice that, you know, it's it's blocked with the metal doors on the outside, but there are scratches on it. Like, somebody had been trying to get out, so that's very unsettling.
1: Somebody or something. Like, they were big scratches. Deep
0: scratches, yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: And they they make their way down to the kitchen, and they find, they're like, oh my gosh, what is that? And it is a full, like, huge size, like you would only find in a church, crucifix, (laughs) hanging over this door. Now, I was sitting here yesterday watching this, and and my partner Alan was sitting behind me uh, doing a puzzle with his back to me. And uh, I turned – I didn't turn to him. I just said, "Um, Alan, if we're ever – Exploring a creepy house, and we find a door that's blocked off by an enormous crucifix. Let's not take that down and go in there.
0: (laughs) 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 It seems like a bad
1: idea. It's like it's like Martha Plimpton in The Goonies when she's like, "Um, Brand, I think uh God put that rock there for a reason."
0: <laughs> Dude, it is so funny that you bring that up cuz that exact quote was going right through my head when I watched this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> oh. <laughs> but 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 they do they take it down and throw it on the floor I guess they must not be religious folk mm-hmm. um, and they Just go in the and it, it's the cellar and <laughs> like immediately in the cellar there are two corpses chained. It, like they're hanging from chains But because it's underwater It's like they're suspended floating in chains mm-hmm. And they've got these weird Like medieval Like torture masks on I'm sorry Like as much as I appreciate <laughs> The desire for good content At that point I'd be like nope <laughs> <We're this? laughs> We are done We are done <laughs>
0: nope. <laughs> Even after they re- they leave that room, later that she makes some comment like, "I think we need to go straight to the police." He's like, "Are you kidding me?" They'll com- the first thing they'll do is confiscate our footage. I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> what?"
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude, you've got you've got it on a lot of memory card, just. Upload it. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Call it a day. Then let them
0: confiscate all they want. Right? <laughs> <laughs> they sw- they're swimming around up to these guys. I'm like, man, you are very, you are way more um, uh, brave than I am. And it's like almost like hanging over a floor thing. He says, what What do you think is? What do you think this was for? Why Why, why is that there? And he says, I don't know, but maybe the answer is under there. And you look down, and there's this giant. I don't know. It's like a manhole cover or something. Yeah. I guess underneath them, because they're almost suspended under a well. It looks like. Yeah. Late, we later see like it's a grate that leads to the surface. Um. And yeah, it has these satanic-looking symbols on them. It's the same thing, like you said, that we saw on the girl's forehead. Right. Up there, he calls it a pentagram, but it's it's, it's not. something more than that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and then, like the the door creaks open behind them. Which I thought was funny, Uh and so they go into this door. Well, he goes alone. He goes in by himself, and inside there is even more disturbing. It's just it's more camera equipment. They were finding like film strips around Uh there, Um, and they're like, I wonder what they were filming. There's more camera equipment, more film, and then jars of organs. There's a severed hand and. Uh Little bits and pieces of things, super disturbing. And she's like, What's in there? What's in there? And he's like, Um, nothing. Uh just <laughs> just some more camera equipment, it's fine. And when he comes back out, is it at this moment where she turns around and looks at him and there is definite is that when the girl is coming out? It's
1: late. Him? Well, first okay, so they so they okay, so when he comes out of there, like I think that finding that stuff kind of freaked him out but she's already freaked out and she keeps Mm -hmm. freaking out and like depleting her oxygen so I think that he wants to try to keep her calm so he doesn't tell her what he found in there now the dead bodies would have been enough like oh yeah. there's hands you in need jars more than that. okay right <laughs> like uh, i'm i'm a little bit more concerned about these weird ass floating corpses but whatever torture <laughs> but but he's like no no there wasn't really anything in there just more cameras and stuff so let's go so they go all the way back up to the window that they came in but when they open it up there's a brick wall behind it, which is completely unexplained and, and they can't explain it. At some point, I think it's when they're there, like yeah, she's kind I of freaking right. out and he's trying to calm her down to get her to stop using so much oxygen and over his shoulder, she definitely, without question, 100% sees a ghost, a, a young woman ghost. Yeah. Uh, and Mouth and
0: it, open, eyes open, yep. coming at her. It's scary.
1: It is, and it, it, it's pretty quick, but it is, I mean, there's no question. It, she saw it. It was there. We see it totally 100%. So now they're like, oh, shit, the house is haunted. Like, <laughs> 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 and, and they start looking around for ways out, but all the windows are barred up. They can't find a way out. But then we get another catfish scare, but... They, my mind went exactly where theirs did. If that catfish got in here, there's, there's got to be way. a way to get out. Mm-hmm. And so they start trying to follow it to see if it will lead them to the way out. Um, and it <laughs> leads them back to the cellar. And oh, the the, the guys like, "Are you seriously going back down there?" And she's like, "We don't have any other choice." And they follow it down there, and they find presumably where the fish gets in and out, but it's it's barred, big enough for a fish to get through but not big enough for them and that's when they're in the room with the corpses and all of a sudden i think that she is like in right among them because she realizes that they are hanging right directly below a well yeah so so she tries to swim it's not like it's a deep well i mean you can see the light coming down but she She swims up there to find that it's grated and that she can't remove the grate. And when she comes back down, she calls out to him, but he's not there. And then all of a sudden, the corpses are gone. Mm -hmm. And then in almost Hellraiser fashion, Mm. the chains that they were suspended from... Attack isn't the right word, and the way Start that it's shot, them. it's it's all shot from her perspective, and there are a lot of bubbles, mm-hmm. and so it's difficult to really see what's going on. But she gets very much entangled and enmeshed in these chains, which appear to be moving. And they've got these big like meat hooks on them that are tearing into her, and and then there's blood in the water, so everything goes red, and she's freaking out. And I thought that this, it was scary. Like, yeah, this is a it's a pretty scary movie. <laughs> it is. Like, I'm not it I'm not going to lose movie. any sleep over it, but they did a good job with the scares, and I thought. You know, the the limited visibility, and you can't really see what's going on, and she's panicked, and all you can hear is her are her screams, and eventually, everything just kind of stops. And he's there. And he's there, and he grabs her, and she's like, where were you? And he's like, what are you talking about? I'm right here. I've been here the whole time. And she's like, the corpses are gone. And he's like, no, they're not. They're right there. And he claims that he was behind her the whole time. Yeah. Like, whatever happened didn't happen. But she is injured.
0: Yeah. I feel like this is meant to cast a little bit of doubt on her sanity. Yeah. Like and and are we seeing things you know reliably you know or are we seeing her perspective as she's kind of going crazy and losing oxygen because I because I you know I thought that could be interpreted two ways either the chains are moving and whatever or she's just freaking out and she's kicking around and right you know getting entangled up in the chains on her own which seems to be what he is saying happened because she ends up kind of upside down and he sort of untangles her and then he has the bright idea to remove the masks.
1: Are you- kidding me like what would inspire you to do something so Uh, stupid
0: it's really dumb it's super dumb and i i wouldn't believe that for a second that anybody in that situation would actually stop and do that oh my god Uh, yeah so that was a little weird but he he takes the masks off and they find that they're the couple because they've seen pictures and and paintings and
1: things oh and at some point, I actually think it's later, but lest we forget, eventually he finds a family tree mm. um, and he finds out that Pierre, the creepy guy that brought them there, is their son.
0: Yep. I knew it. I knew he had to be related oh, somehow. Oh, I figured.
1: I knew he, yeah. Oh, he had to be in, in some way. But it, once he takes off the mask, the corpses immediately wake up <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and start I, there's something about you know a slow and and the underwater effect it just makes sense like the yeah. slow pursuit yes it's it's just there's such a great atmosphere about it. Yeah, it's super... And you can only move so fast underwater. I mean, even they, they, I mean, they have flippers, at least, so they... That
0: doubles the danger, right? It was sort of like the It Follows thing, that kind of works so well. Like, this thing is just walking towards you, you can see it coming, but it's not fat. it's not, like, right on you. It's like the slow-moving zombie thing, too. But then, like you said, you're also going to be impeded underwater as moving, and so it is almost like a slow-motion chase scene, you know, where they're trying to escape from this couple, and they turn around i kept thinking oh they're going to turn around and they're not going to be there no they are still there yeah right them, behind you <laughs> right behind them the whole time and they go up and and they end up in uh it might be the dining room or something again right and uh and they go to close the door over these guys and they've got an arms in there you know uh they just managed to close the door on this couple but not without pushing and struggling hard against them that was freaky as hell. Mm-hmm. I yeah, thought I loved that it. That was scary. <laughs> <laughs> they
1: impulsively realize that they can escape <laughs> through the chimney. And so they start to go up the chimney, but then the chimney collapses and it ends up stranding them. In- in separate rooms. Yeah. And uh, she's downstairs, he's upstairs. I don't really know what's going on with the submersible. The drone. The drone. Yeah. I don't really know what's going on with the drone at this point. It kind of seems keeps like, like...
0: I feel like the drone itself is almost getting a little haunted or possessed. Yeah. Uh, Because it flicks on a red light every now and then, and I'm not sure why, you know, he can kind of see it and control it from his wrist, but sometimes it's not working, and so it's not that effective. I thought actually the drone there was, was another creepy element from the beginning is just having this sort of mindless robot following yeah. you along in there. And it does sort of, like, it's sort of programmed to follow them, I think. Right. Unless he directs it somewhere, which he does on occasion to give them more light or to right, look around right. the corner. And so yeah, I just thought that whole element of having the drone there was also kind of creepy. You know, like this sort of silent sentry companion that's... It's dead, <laughs> you know, yeah. and it seems to almost turn on them at points where it kind of doesn't work or it's flashing this red light or it's kind of pursuing them but with a red light, but it's not helping at all.
1: There's a spooky moment where the man ghost is kind of pursuing her downstairs and upstairs a woman ghost comes into the room that he's in and he hides under the bed after she's clearly already seen him. I don't know what. It's so I don't know what that was all about. It's
0: so classic horror movie. At at that point, it got a little silly, right? I mean, I liked it. I liked that they were really going for this in, in such a direct and, you know, bold way. But you're right. Having him hide under the bed while she came in, but it was it was an interesting effect. And this is one of the things that you know, like they said that they said was really difficult to film was she's literally walking through yes. the room, like her feet are on the floor. She walks up to the edge of the bed, kind of turns to face the bed while he's looking from underneath it. It's very effective and very creepy, just as it would be if it wasn't underwater.
1: Right. So. And she eventually, I don't know, gets away, and uh, she ends up finding him in the bedroom, but he's just kind of floating, suspended there. And when she talks to him, he talks to her, but it's affected, and it's clearly not him. Yeah, She doesn't jump to that conclusion, but as viewers, we realize it's not him He's possessed or something mm-hmm. And and she's trying to convince him to get out And he's saying all of these very cryptic things
0: Saying and, like, uh, it's okay, you know, we're gonna be fine And, you know, we, we belong here and all this stuff And follow me, I know the way
1: Yeah, and, and there's, there's a part where there's a snake in her suit And it crawls up into her helmet And she, <laughs> again, <laughs> again, Alan is behind me And and he's like, open your mouth, let it come into your mouth, swallow it. And Alan behind me is like, I saw a movie like that once. (laughs) (laughs) And it wasn't underwater, was it? (laughs) Uh, Eventually, he's like, I know the way out. And she's like, oh, thank God. So... He leads her to the cellar again, <laughs> again, and and they find another hidden door behind a cabinet or something. And he leads her into what it appears to be like a screening room. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the lights have been coming on for a while now, yeah, <laughs> like underwater. Now under the <laughs> <laughs> underwater, um, yeah. and in this screening room, he's talking to her. I can't remember what he's saying, but he's explaining, and and then. Uh, the the film reel starts rolling and he basically narrates The back history, that (laughs) this family, the parents and a sister, who was the young woman female ghost that we saw, and Pierre had been kidnapping local children to do satanic sacrifices, and eventually the townspeople came um, to exact their revenge, and they killed uh, Sarah, the, the daughter, in her bed, and they hung up the parents on those hooks and put those masks on them, but Pierre escaped. And and you see gruesome images of, of the torture and sacrifices and stuff. And he's like, <laughs> we have been chosen to be part of their family or something like that. Then Sarah, the young woman ghost, rips through the screen and starts to come at her. Somehow she gets away, swims through the screen, the ghost and ben both in pursuit he ben eventually catches her and is trying to keep her down there meanwhile we're also seeing that she has virtually no oxygen left mm-hmm. because ben is holding on to her and trying to keep her down there i think she takes her knife and stabs him
0: in the shoulder in
1: the shoulder which I guess, breaks the spell mm-hmm. and he's himself again and he has no idea where they are or what's going on. But where
0: they are is like some kind of chamber. It's like another, it's almost like a cave type chamber and they there are candles and they're lit yeah,
1: <laughs> underwater. Yeah, I read that it was like some kind of like satanic, uh, Yeah, I don't know, something, whatever.
0: There's like a, yeah, sacrificial Stuff on the floor is a big yeah. upside down cross and everything. I, I have to admit, at this point, it, I, I I was a little disappointed in the direction that it took. Just thematically, I thought, oh, this is so corny. You know, it's just a little campy. It's pretty typical for a Haunted House movie, sure. really. But, but the whole, like, he's now possessed, come join us. I'm going to narrate the entire backstory yeah. of, of how this is going to go. And it ends up being... You know, the satanic rituals and you're going to be the next one and all that. I don't know. I was a little disappointed in that, but it's okay.
1: (laughs) Didn't bother me. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't bother me a little bit. So the spell is broken and she's like, come on, let's get out of here. She sees light like she thinks there's a way they can get out. Well, then ghost Sarah grabs him from behind and stabs him in the heart. Uh. And, and the ghosts kind of converge on him, and she's just kind of floating there watching until the older male ghost turns and looks at her, and she's like, oh shit, I guess I better get out of here. So she turns and starts to swim away, but they get a hold of her, at which point she gets the notification that she is out of oxygen. So to escape them, she takes off her tank and equipment, which they're clinging to, and she swims away and swims up, and she does get away, and they are looking at her longingly, I guess, but she swims up through this shaft. She has to break through all of these like, vines and things to get out, but she gets out. and Through at this... the crypt. Yes. Oh, that's right.
0: Thanks to the fact that they broke the door open. Mm-hmm. That's
1: right. And yep. at this point, I felt like, I know what's going to happen. And I did, but I like it. I think that mm-hmm. it is so fitting. Maybe even more so than a haunted, ghost filled underwater mansion. This is perhaps even more nightmarish because yeah. she's swimming, 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 and she can see the surface. It's she's so right close. there. It's right there. But she doesn't make it
0: (laughs) yeah oh and they tease you about it too don't they like you're not quite sure she's slowing down but then the way they pull the camera away from below it almost looks like she might be floating to the surface or something or you think
1: she's gonna get that one last burst of adrenaline Mm -hmm. that's gonna launch her to the top
0: and then they showed the surface of the lake for like the last shot of the movie is the surface of the lake, the stillness of it. And you're just, well, oh, is she going to break? Is she going to come through? Nope. Fades away. Credits. And I was like, all right, that makes perfect sense. It's frustrating and annoying. But that she didn't make it away but what's going to happen what's what's worse you know she suddenly bursts through the top and like oh the nightmare is over then what you know that would be silly <laughs> <laughs> honestly the nihilistic ending is more fitting and more satisfying honestly i think than i don't know then what like Pierre's on the on the, the i mean i
1: don't know or, what, or what yeah, yeah she she bursts through and then we get the lame like the descent stupid sequel where she has to go back down there and uh, <laughs> <Right>. whatever <laughs> dumb um no i liked it i liked the nihilistic ending yeah you know it, i i yeah, I'm, I'm not happy she died um i just thought that it was uh Satisfying. Fitting. it was fitting or, yeah
0: fitting for the film yeah and, and and a little frustrating too which is a good which is a good thing
1: and then did you stick around for the post-credits scene
0: I did, indeed.
1: Yeah. It just shows Pierre has uh, lured a couple of other divers, young women divers, um, to the spot. There was something about Tina had a peace sign on her scuba gear. Yeah. Um, and Pierre said something about it. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that like the peace sign was appropriated by the hippies. And really it was about like, it was supposed to represent like a broken cross, like the yeah, that's end right. of Christianity or something. And he said something about it being a good omen. And then these two girls who are going down, they they prominently show that one of them has a peace sign tattoo on her neck
0: oh i didn't quite catch that but you're right well apparently there was also a deleted scene that i guess you can see somewhere um on the blu-ray i think but i didn't get to see it where i think tina is swimming through the mansion and she's supposed to see a ghost in the mirror but the ghost is the ghost of a of a previous diver who's like warning her Uh. go away right you're getting you're in trouble but uh, that that didn't actually end up in the movie yeah <laughs> yeah
1: overall I, I really enjoyed it especially the first time now watching uh, on a second watching I didn't enjoy it as much, but yeah. it's good. Like, I don't think it's any kind of masterpiece, but it is creative and it's something that I've never seen before. And it's short. Yeah. The characters, you know, like, they did fine. Like, I wasn't particularly invested in them or care about them too much, but I was fine with following them around. And of course, they made some stupid decisions, but people in horror movies always do. Um, as far as it being a, a haunted house movie, it, you know, it, it hit the right notes, and I did find it to be very spooky and scary uh, at parts. I would recommend it. I think it's definitely worth watching. It. I, I don't. I doubt I'll ever watch it again, but I give it a thumbs up. I. I I think it's good, and I think it's worth your time.
0: Yeah, I 100% agree with you, with everything you said. I found it scary, and it's been a while since I've been scared yeah. at, a, at a horror movie. So there were a few parts that were genuinely frightening, and, and, uh, and for that, great. Like you said, the rewatchability is sort of like any of these haunted house movies, really, right? I mean, they really rely a lot on the slow build and the atmosphere right. and the mystery of what's going on that unfolds. So once you've been through that, um, it's not as effective the second time around. but And then, my God, like, the technical achievement yeah. <laughs> of shooting this entirely practically uh, underwater in 35 days in, in these conditions. Very so cool. So cool. So, yeah, hats off to the directors. A couple of creative guys. And it sort of makes me want to check out some of their earlier movies. Well, thank you again for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please share it with a friend. You can find us uh, online if you just search for Two Guys in a Chainsaw Podcast. Also, you know we have a Patreon drive going on right now. Please uh, check out our website and follow um, the link there to get to our Patreon page. Uh, we would be very grateful. If you do become a member, you have access to our unfiltered, unedited podcast as we record them. Uh, with all the little bits and things that we cut out and some of the stuff that happens before and after we chat on the phone. And also, we occasionally release short little episodes, mini-sodes, for you um, that we're going to be doing um, on various topics that will only be available to our Patreon subscribers. So, uh, quick plug on that. Please check us out on Patreon and uh, consider uh, tossing a few bucks our way if you enjoy the show. Until next time, I'm Todd. And I'm Craig. With Two Guys and a Chainsaw. (laughs)